This is the Mother Time Madness podcast with Courts. I am Courts, and today's episode is raising a small business in Canberra. Provide actual practical ideas, not just an acknowledgement that this is what it yeah. this is what had happened, but um, actual practical and meaningful gifts. So not you know something to pamper you, not something to make you physically feel just physically feel better, but actual meaningful things that would help you heal. I'm chatting with Sarah and Susan from Lillian Cress on the podcast today. We do get to know our guests a little bit before we get into it, starting with Susan on where she's going for a kid-friendly lunch. So my answer is Capital Brewing. Yes. And it's almost a guarantee that you sort of, you have your uh, chosen beer, you get your burger, your broad burger and everything like that. And then they have that awesome stream and then you just kind of hang out. So it's not hugely a winter friendly kid activity? No, not really. Um, Favourite Canberra based weekend activity? This comes from my tiniest one who is a bit of a COVID baby and when we started coming out of lockdown we were looking for socially distant activities and Mm -hmm. so we went flying kites at the Arboretum. And it's always windy there. Always. Where are you walking or hiking around Canberra? I love that you think I'm doing lots of exercise. (laughs) Uh, So my toddler paced Walks. I definitely love the Australian Botanical Gardens. There's this gorgeous rainforest. I'm sure most people know about it. My kids are about the age now where they can tackle it. Yep. Um, With a little bit of help up and down the stairs. All right, over to you, Sarah. Your kid is obsessed with something that I think a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, um, I often pop uh, my baby, my toddler, in front of the baby TV, Mm -hmm. um, which is the washing machine. Now, you also love um, a Canberra-based weekend activity that I can get around. Yeah, we um, go for family scoots. Yes. Well, I'll push the pram, but um, no, my um, husband and uh, eldest child take off on the scooters, and then sometimes I get a go as well. Or you know. my toddler can't figure out how to turn the three wheel scooter. Yeah, it took yeah, a while. me too. It took a while for you mm, guys yeah. too. Yep. Yeah, you're not playing any weekend sport, but you are getting involved in a Canberra-based fitness business that is going to be on this podcast as well. Yeah. So Jackie at Bump It Up and Canberra Fitness Centre um, has been so fun and motivating. Trying out her classes as a um, cardio bar that is starting. In um, oh, oh, 22 minutes. Oh, don't tell Jackie. <laughs> Are you meant to be there? Oh my um, gosh. Well, I had I had hoped I would get there, but also um, I've had quite the day, so I'm pretty happy to <laughs> we go. We just want to go home and have a wine, and ladies. Say, hey, Nick, which red wine are we having tonight? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I would have had some here. I should have prepared for that. Sarah and Susan have done the unthinkable. They've started a small business as new mums during a pandemic. Honestly, I would have tapped out so many times before getting this off the ground, so my hats are all the way off to these ladies for what they're achieving. Lillian Cress, or at Lillian Cress on Instagram, launched earlier this year, and the ladies are trying to bring new mothers gifts they really need after birth, not just flowers and baby gifts. Before we get into this chat, it is pretty triggering to do with baby loss and pregnancy loss. Sarah and Susan both have experiences in pregnancy and baby loss, and that's what motivated them to launch their business. It means they're catering for you whether or not your precious baby was able to come home with you or not. It is a tough topic, and it's fair enough that people don't want to talk about it, but mothers love talking about their babies, all their babies. Susan starts by letting us know how they met in Canberra. We met at a much match group when I rocked up and none of my friends had babies at the same Mm. time and 
you're looking across the room at all these strange women holding various age babies, either pooing or breastfeeding, yeah. and you're just like, <laughs> I really want to stand up in the room and say, I'm really lonely yeah. and I don't know what I'm doing yeah. and will someone come and be friends with yeah. me? Pick me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need a bestie, please. Is anyone into coffee? Yeah. No. Um, yeah. And that's how Sarah and I met. And then we had our second babies together. Yeah. And... This little idea, we could never find the gifts for all circumstances of motherhood that really spoke to the mother and helping her and those around her. Mm. Because we're seeing now a bit more of a push, probably not as big a push as we need for focus on mums rather than because the first thing you say is, how's a baby? Yeah. What did you have? Mm. What's baby's name? Can I come and see the baby? Yeah. Not, can I sleeping? come and see you? How is the baby feeding? Yeah. How is yeah. the baby sleeping? Well, I'm much, much worse. I'm sleeping much, yeah. much worse than the baby. Like, I'm frail. Yeah. yeah. I haven't hold them know, yeah, shower. Yeah, please. Please, <laughs> please let and me shower. And we're mothering um, separate from our families. Yeah. Mm. We're not mothering in those kind of communities and villages. And so this sort of person emerges when you give birth, mm. and that's you as a mum. And, yeah, we wanted to create gifts that helped those around mums give them that Mm. sense of space Mm. and recognition Mm. and a sense of being seen as a mother. So your boxes are multifaceted. The boxes emerged really naturally for us. Mm. Yeah. um, Because it was what we were curating for our kind of mum friends. Mm. And we went away and did some market research. And we just found every website we landed on was happy as it should be. Babies mm. are beautiful and happy. And there just seemed to be this absence mm. of a very common experience, which is losing yep. our babies. And for me, my first experience of becoming a mother was through stillbirth. Yep. I lost my first daughter at about 25 weeks. And for that to be your first experience is like, whoa. Yeah. You know, I became a mum when someone said, your baby's really sick. She's probably not going to make it. Yeah. And so we had to make a really horrible and very hard choice. And that was becoming a mum. And when we were looking at all these websites and Sarah's experienced um, pregnancy loss as well, mm. there was just this absence. And I was like, but that's not how my motherhood experience started. Mm. And it's not how Sarah's. And it's not how a huge number of Australian women start. Mm. So we really wanted to put an option there to recognise that experience of motherhood, Mm. but also to help people do something. Yeah. Mm. To provide actual practical ideas, not just an acknowledgement that this is what had had happened, but um, actual practical and meaningful gifts. So not, you know, something to pamper you, not something to make you physically feel, just physically feel better, but actual meaningful things that would help you heal. Yeah. Yeah. And I found flowers really hard. I mean... I was at home surrounded by a house full of dying flowers after yeah. having lost a baby and it was yeah. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> kind of chucked them all out and vowed never to give flowers to anyone that had lost someone. Mm. Many years ago I was told a story about a woman who had given birth, stillbirth, and I couldn't understand her grief mm. because I hadn't become a mother yet. Mm. I didn't have my nephew or my niece yet mm. either. I had no babies around me I feel awful because I just was I was nothing about it mm-hmm. and I think once you become a mother or you become a an aunt or, or you understand at least some of the pressures that come with the change in your life your body mm. like you as like a whole 
you can't even imagine or relate. I actually think it's okay for people to feel like that. And that that was a bit of why we wanted to include something for loss because... Because people don't our, know. They don't know. And one of the hardest things for me, and I think miscarriage is really difficult because most women will miscarry in silence. Yeah. Mm. They won't have told anyone. Yeah. It might be a really early pregnancy loss. Well, we're told so, don't mm. tell anyone until yeah, which 12 is weeks. But yeah. I mean, well. <laughs> I, I do. I, I agree. Do I, I think yeah. now it is it is ridiculous because yeah. if you do lose that child before 12 weeks, yes, it is, it is very common, but... If you've told no one, then you have to take time mm. off work and not tell anyone why. Mm. You have to grieve and or not you have tell to anyone tell them why. In the same sentence. Exactly. Uh, I was, was pregnant, pregnant and, and now I don't <laughs> yeah. have that baby anymore. Yeah. And I think, well, at least if we're telling people early enough, we have someone to support. Mm. And Sarah, when you went through it, mm. were you alone? We told a handful of close family and friends, and so they were people that we were um, that we felt comfortable to have that conversation with. So we experienced um, consistent early loss, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, both both of our children took um, you know a year to conceive, and numerous losses um, for both of them, including a um, a miscarriage as well. Um, so sorry, when I say losses, I mean early loss. So you might have yep. a faint, faint positive, you know, on the day you can test and then a few days later it's gone. So yeah. it's, it's like it was almost never really there, but it, yeah. it was. You know? Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so so that the one sort of more traditional miscarriage that we did have, I guess, um, yeah, we had told a few close family and friends and people that we were able to have that conversation with in an okay way, you know, not not people that not the whole office, no. not you know, <laughs> they were the people that we would need to support us in that time. So when you're putting together a loss box, mm. I imagine it's quite difficult to tap back into the emotion that you were feeling mm. at the time. Yeah. And not only the emotion but the necessities, sort of mm, what yeah. did I need? I know I hated flowers, <coughs> but can I remember what I really felt like I needed? Yeah. And is that something we can actually put in a box? Yeah. It actually goes for our other boxes as well. And so one of the feedback we keep getting is how much thought are in our boxes. Mm. We definitely say that we overthink a lot of things <laughs> in our lives, yep. including this business. Not um, a woman overthinking. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought. No, no, no. <laughs> but, yeah, so we've, we've put a lot of thought. And so with the Lost Box, we actually co-designed it with the Red Nose um, group in Canberra. Mm. So we reached out to Red Nose and there are incredible people there. Mm. And we held some workshops with bereaved mothers and ran through our design because we wanted it to really land sensitively. So there's um, such a range of experiences out yeah. there and we certainly didn't want anyone to receive it in a way that could be negative for anyone. And yeah. we always ask them the question of, would you have wanted to receive something like this? Mm. And mm. the resounding answer was yes. And I guess for anyone listening, if you don't know what to do when someone loses a baby, our greatest advice is to do something. Mm. I think the hardest part was when no one acknowledged my loss. Mm -hmm. They didn't use my daughter's name. Mm -hmm. You know, they just, it was like she didn't exist. And that extends to the babies that aren't with us. It becomes apparent that people can't attach a real person to your baby that mm. didn't get to grow into the person mm. that she was meant to be. Yeah, and I think most 
most of the really kind of awkward times or things that probably shouldn't have been said or done, most of most of it usually came from being really awkward and uncomfortable and people not knowing how to deal either with grief or such a thing as Mm. baby loss because it is pretty horrendous. Very few people will get to hold a stillborn baby by the parents, maybe a grandparent. Mm. Um, And no one gets to hold, in some ways, a fully formed, you know, miscarriage. Mm. So there's this absence of connection and I think Australians themselves are not great with grief. No. Um, And we go towards humour or we go towards not acknowledging it. Um, And I think that can make the experience of baby loss much more isolating and hard, Um, particularly in that early pregnancy loss. Um, For Mm. stillbirth post-20 weeks, you know, you have to have some form of a funeral, cremation. There's a ceremonial Mm. process that acknowledges this person which actually does help you process. It's um, I, I, I will say that's interesting to hear yeah. because to me I have always separated the two by that. Mm. Like it must be so much harder for, for a stillbirth because you hold that baby, that tiny baby in your arms and that is devastating and it's physical. Mm. It's a physical being that has come out. Mm. And in my mind, I go, well, a miscarriage, you're able to disconnect. That's how it is in my mind. I'm not saying that's the right way. Um, But you saying that now flips it. (laughs) And, you know, Sarah, you've obviously gone through that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people will have a lot more of a horrendous experience than me in terms of miscarriage. You know, it was still early year mm. in that first trimester. You know, it, did, it happened quite naturally. It wasn't um, – I didn't require any any treatment, any mm. hospitalisation, which which I believe is quite common. Um, so, yeah, certainly horrible, but I've I've always had that perception as well that once there's actually a baby, and I think thought of that to me as well. A lot of yeah. people probably have that but don't mm. – n- none of us are saying it out loud mm-hmm. and none of us are owning that we maybe thought the wrong way about it. No. But – you saying that burying your child and having a ceremony mm. at least gives you closure mm. on a little being and a sense of I met you in some way, yeah. but you were never able to meet no. your babies mm. no. in any way. I guess for us it's full spectrum of motherhood. There's yeah. n- None of it can be discounted. Mm. No. I always find the question, when did you become a mother? Like, mm. when did you become a mother? I know some women become a mother before they're a mother, mm. right? Like they imagine themselves as a mother. Mm. I Some women see those two lines and they're like, I'm a oh mother. I didn't become a mother. I went through two lines. Mm. I went through scans. Mm. I didn't become a mother until they said there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, and some people. become one until she was out. Yeah, and even then. Two weeks later. Yeah. Two weeks later. And it could be longer. And so I think. Motherhood and parenting is one of those things that... There's a spectrum. Yeah, and And everyone has their own experience. And unless we're talking about that, I think everyone assumes that Mm. they're all feeling the same way. Mm. Well, I became a mother when the baby came out of me, so everyone else must feel like that. Or I became a mother when I saw the lines and everyone else may feel like that. But I have friends who saw the lines and went full steam ahead. I'm a Mm. mother. Um, and I have friends who have c- 
kids who are a few years old and they're only just becoming the version of, of mm. the the version of the mother they thought mm. they would be. That kind yeah. of moment where you go, yeah, oh, oh, oh it makes sense now, <laughs> yeah. and I get it. And the first few years were so rough that I couldn't appreciate mm. it or whatever it happens I to be. I think it's an ongoing, never-ending oh, entity yeah. shift. <laughs> just, I know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's not all. It's not all uh, lost bo- boxes. No, no. no, I was lucky enough to get a nourish box. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which That's was a my stunning favorite. array <laughs> it's of been the foods most and and sure. and drinks and mm-hmm. obviously there's nourish box, there's lost box. We what else? We're rocking necessity, necessity box. box. Yeah, is That's that the, the one that I saw pads? the pads? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I didn't know how many pads I was going to go through when I had a baby. Mm. That's a lot. That is a lot. More than we could fit in the necessity. I mean, when (laughs) people don't realise that to go to the bathroom after you have a baby. Oh, God. A good hour and a half. (laughs) And once you kind of make sure you don't knock those boobs, the trick's floating, and you kind of lean down, make sure you avoid any scars and any tearing, and then you turn, like, honestly. Even showering, I, I think the first few showers with my husband mm. after I had my first Betty. Yeah. Mm. I just had to say, you just got to help me in. Yeah. I didn't even, there was not even a step. I just said, you got to help me in. Yeah. Just make sure I'm like, okay. Yeah. Or if I kind of stand yeah. with me, yeah. I don't know yeah. if I'm going to fall over. Yeah. I was Definitely. just saying, the doors all have to oh, be open. You yeah. need to be within hearing yeah. distance. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to go through mother's guilt alone. I'm just butting in here to remind you that at the end of the episode, we are going to find out what Sarah and Susan are feeling guilty about this week. But let's get back into it for now. So with your boxes, uh, they are local. They're locally sourced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. We're they, a huge Canberra Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a few items that aren't, but yep. they are simply things that we had to have. Yep. They were non-negotiables and we just could not find them. Anyone in Canberra would like to start making maternity pads? Give us a call. Good ones. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But you're not just doing this. You're working mums on small business yeah, we're in crazy. Canberra. <laughs> plus your part-time plus obviously full-time motherhood. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you're busy. We're busy. Mm. Not sure how you're juggling it. Not no. sure how you've got time to I be here. I think I am juggling it. <laughs> That's a good question. How are we juggling this? Well, I, I like there's a nice metaphor I like to use, which is that you've got to know when you're juggling, you've got to know which balls are made of glass and which ones are made of plastic. Yep. And yep. So which ones you can let drop yep. and which ones to not yep. drop. So. so we actually had a idea actually was that Sarah had an idea with Alf um, the first time we were on maternity leave together and it wouldn't leave my hand <laughs> while we were off doing no. all sorts of life. Susan we, came to visit me just after my second child yeah. was born and bought all these delicious treats with her. Yeah. Well, when I say treats, I mean they were all very targeted to what my body needed yeah. at the time. It was like a nourish box yeah. she showed up with basically. She's like, so idea we talked about <laughs> just around I was like oh, maternity leave this now. is it I have brought <laughs> it with me it's like, business plan yeah, prototype right here <laughs> and that was um, from the first coffee we had where we I outright said to Sarah mm. do you mind if I do a bit of research let's, yeah. let's have a look at it, was it. like seven or eight months later yeah. we gave birth to Lillian Chris yeah. eight and a half months later during a pandemic during a pandemic. Oh my I mean, goodness. I guess we've, we've been lucky in Canberra, haven't we? We've so been lucky. in the bubble and, and we were in a in a version of lockdown. But has it still been a challenge in terms of, like, sourcing products? A few shipping. Like, few nothing shipping that's been things. hugely... So, the, yeah, the reason we went local is we didn't plan to. No. no. I'm just a huge... I love, love shopping local. Yeah. I love... Canberra is full of so many talented people. Yeah. 
in such a concentrated area. Yeah. Mm. And it wasn't until a couple of weeks into it that we started sort of our first sketches of what were our boxes, mm. which we kind of looked at it and went, wow, a good half of these products are all Canberra. Yeah. I wonder if we could find the rest of them. Yeah. And then we did. And, and if the pandemic showed us one thing, it's local needed absolutely. us. So yeah, and, and the business so, community in Canberra is so supportive oh, of yeah. each other yeah, and amazing. so I don't know, so generous with oh, their yeah. time and, and expertise. And then we have a charity partner. So our loss box is a not for profit. So okay. all the proceeds from that goes to Red Nose Australia. Mm-hmm. And then we teamed up with a local charity for our other two boxes. Mm. And that was really important to us because these both of these charities, it's Roundabout Canberra and the Perinatal Wellbeing Centre, mm. they're there to support mothers and families. It's super important that people know about those places that you can go to. I had yeah. no idea about Red Nose offering oh. the counselling services. Mm. And there are times in motherhood, in early motherhood, where it doesn't really matter how much you say to someone... I'm not feeling okay or mm. or whatever. If they're not equipped to handle it, they're never going to be able they can say you got this mother as much as you know, till the cows come home. You you can say <laughs> that over what, and over. This is what's gonna make me cry. <laughs> you but yeah. I, I didn't have it and I needed mm. someone to say, You don't have it right now, it's okay. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna be okay. And I was really lucky my midwife was the one who said that to yeah. me. She said, You don't need that right now. And my other midwife had luckily felt everything that I had felt. So I got lucky in that sense. But not everyone gets the midwife no. that understands. Not no. everyone gets the doctor that understands what whoever happens to be. And not everyone has the money to see a psychologist. Yeah. So the fact that there are free services, that needs yeah. to be highlighted a little bit more. And I was really glad you said that. So when we were doing our boxes, part of it that we really wanted when we were talking about and throwing around ideas a lot was how we got beyond those kind of happy, crazy first few weeks mm. where, you know, everyone's the attention mm. and then all of a sudden people go back to work mm. yeah. and it's just you. And the, the reality baby. sets in and you might... You're looking at this baby like, I don't know what to do with you. Yeah, yeah. and then looking at you going... <laughs> <"Nine hours before." laughs> yeah. If you go through my Google search from the first child, it's what to do with nine-week-old baby, yeah. mm. what to do with ten-week-old baby. Yeah. And you don't realise... Why is my baby crying? Yeah. You kind of yeah. don't realise they can just lay around for yeah. a, and or just, like, look at you yeah. and they're quite happy, but you're sitting there and, like, basically in a pit of mum guilt yeah. from the get-go. And your mm. brain's literally been rewired. Mm. Yeah. Your whole body has gone through this huge transformation. Um, your relationships changed mm. so fundamentally with yourself, let alone every other single mm. person in your life. So that's where we, we really thought about what could we do to mm. contribute. So two months after you get our gift box, part of the kind of Lillian Crest purchase mm. is our connection card. Mm. And it's a postcard mm. that'll be sent to the delivery address. And we have created a whole second website, which will be on the link in this card. And in that, we've curated a whole bunch of resources for mothers to discover, to just kind of find their village their way. Mm. So you can click international if you get our box and you're in Sydney and we've yeah. sent them all the way to Perth and <laughs> northern Queensland. There's a, a whole section just for Canberra mums mm. where you click in and mm. 
decades. Here are the you know top five mums to follow on Instagram. Here mm. are the great cafes to mm-hmm. go to. Here Favourite are some good books. play groups. Amazing. Favourite podcast, Mother Time Madness. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> top of the list. So is this like a secret link that only gets shared with those who get the boxes? Yeah, uh, it's not restricted. Okay. No. So the link, we are, as Lillian Crest, we'll only give the link in our connection card, yeah. but you could then give the link. Yeah, but I love mom. that. I love that it's two months later. It's a reminder, yeah. like, don't yeah. worry, someone's thinking about you yeah. and someone was thinking about you and we're still available. And we're yeah. still thinking about yeah. you. If there's someone out there that needs the support, then we want them to see the website. Feeling connected to mums is super important. That's why every episode we're touching on the mother's guilt we've felt this week. Susan felt really bad when she actually wanted to go to the meetings at work. I literally was going into work, into meetings that I probably, you know, could have avoided. But I really wanted to be there and it was really important. And I was peeling my youngest one off my leg as they were screaming. And I had my oldest sort of going, why are you going, mummy? Why don't you stay? Do you not love me? I'm like, Oh, that's oh, yeah, they right? started like, that early. Whoa. And you know, she was she was, you know, all you know, upset and, and I am walking out the door and you know that that moment that you're exiting as a mother and like you're moving yourself out the door and you're like closing the door so little fingers don't get caught. Yeah. Like it was that kind of an exit. And I still really wanted to go. And I got in the car, burst into tears, felt really guilty. And I, I felt really guilty because I just did not want to be in that house being a mum. Yeah. I wanted to be at the meeting I was going to. And I wanted to have time afterwards to chat. Have a hot coffee. Yeah. um, Yeah. And I just, yeah, I wanted to walk out the house on my schedule. And I will be happy to explain to my children as they get older that there is something called a calling or a career or a profession and we were people before up. we were mothers. Yeah. Mm. And and they will realise that and it'll take a really long time. Sarah, what were you yeah. guilty about? So I've got an early childhood education background. Mm. So I feel like I should be drawing on all of this amazing theory and research yeah. and then I should really understand what my children are going through emotionally in their development and what they need in play, what I can provide to them to, you know, to help them with everything and to just have it a joyous childhood I guess the guilt I mostly feel is when I get so caught up in the normal daily grind of things constant to-do lists that's running through your head of everything that needs to be done getting so caught up that I just forget to play with them or I just I'm telling them just another minute just wait a minute yeah Yeah. over and over and it's it's my older child who's nearly four who often just brings me back so today I got to a point where I was like okay I'm all up in my head um, I'm, I feel that I'm quite emotional. I need something to bring me back, and um, I just put on some music. And um, I think it was Lady Gaga. And my, my yeah, three-year-old said, um, "Mummy, this music makes me want to twirl." Oh. And I was just like, "Boom! Okay, let's go twirl, baby." Thanks for listening to Mother Time Madness. You can follow me at with.courts on Instagram and find me withcourts.com.au. Canberra mums have amazing stories. If you or someone you know should be on this podcast, please contact me. I can't wait to chat with you. Next week, I'll be chatting with Jackie, who runs Bump It Up Fitness for mums in Canberra. I didn't go around clients. I didn't go out because I was so worried about the judgment that women would give me because I'll look at her 
she's bounce skinny, back. she bounced back and I hated that. I was suffering postnatal depression and anxiety and so I couldn't deal with the ridicule that women would give. And don't forget, if you like this podcast, I would love for you to rate it, share it, subscribe to it. 